0: Welcome to the Geek Teek podcast where back touch screens are kind of a weird choice. Uh I'm Void and I'm here with my co-host Beeg. Ooh,
1: touch my back touch screen.
0: Uh weird. Today we're talking about the <laughs> PlayStation Vita because It's been a while since we did one of these uh, console lookbacks. So this is our PlayStation Vita console lookback. And I was kind of surprised that there weren't actually as many like exclusives for this one for us to dive into. But there's definitely some hardware stuff to talk about.
1: Yeah. And I mean, the Vita is one of those systems like I put off like, okay, so I had a friend when I was teaching get the Vita the day it came out and brought it into the uh, center where I was tutoring. And it was just a PSP it had this weird AR card with the camera stuff and he was talking about what all it would do like at the time it would do remote play with PS3 and there were no games I cared about it on it and so I kind of just forgot about it because I'd already sold my PSP at that point because I never played any games on it and it wasn't until doing this podcast with you that actually made me go out and find a Vita on Craigslist because of how much you talked about loving it. I really liked this console. Like, it was a really good handheld. It it didn't have as many
0: games as, like, a Nintendo handheld typically does for me, which is kind of what I said up front, right? There just weren't as many exclusives here to talk about. Right. But the console itself and the hardware, I loved it because it had this, like, nice big touchscreen on the front, and it was, like, a really nice display, too. There was... uh uh-huh. I don't even think I had, like, the upper model
1: for the screen. There was, like, one that was an OLED. Um and i don't think i have that one either uh yeah. the one that i got was used like i said used off craigslist and i don't i don't think i got the higher end screen either well and, and it's still beautiful and responsive like it actually really surprised me at how good and how well built it was oh it absolutely
0: was yeah and like it's, it's mostly standard buttons, standard kind of controller configuration, which was really nice to see after handhelds always felt like a compromise until this. And then the Switch is almost an evolution from the Vita instead of evolving from really? any of the other ones, you know? Um, well, don't you think? Like, if you just think yeah. about where, like, the 3DS left off... Like the Vita is a lot closer to what the Switch is right now than the 3DS was.
1: The Vita and the Switch are basically the two that I go back back and forth from the most. Uh, I love my 3DS and I have like uh, lots of games that I play on it. But whenever I'm like hunkering down, it's actually the Vita that I make sure is charged, like the Switch. Like it just it feels better, honestly, than a 3DS does. And I know that's weird for me to say because I love the 3DS, but it really does feel like that evolution. And I was hoping that the PS5 was going to be basically a Vita Switch hybrid where it would have uh, better hardware, but still be able to be portable like that until they announced like the 8K stuff. Then that's what they were focusing on. But it's like I really had hoped that they would take the, you know, what Nintendo did for it and push that forward with uh, whatever the PS5 could have been.
0: Yeah, I like the Vita a lot. I mean, some of the hardware decisions were kind of weird, too, though. Like, Mm -hmm. not only is the front screen touch uh, a touchscreen, which was great, like it was a really good touchscreen. But the back has this like touchscreen, too, even though there's no screen. It's just like a back sensor bar. It's I don't even know how to describe it. It's weird to interact
1: with it's weird think about uh it's glass so it feels like glass it's smooth but think about the way that you interact with the ps4 controller with that little touchpad only put it in an area that you can't see and interact with fingers that you never use uh when you're gaming and that's what you have with it and it's odd and about the only thing i've ever had to use that for in a game was with remote play uh it would be the l2 and r2 buttons uh because it only has single shoulder buttons and it's Uh, a lot of the games make use of the different sides of the touchpad as the bottom triggers which is really awkward well remote play is a good call out here because remote play was one of the like unique
0: things about this console
1: yes and i used it a lot and still use it a lot did you i i did off and on for a while
0: but i don't think i used it nearly as much as you did there was a while there where like most nights i would go to bed and i would play a little bit of destiny like i think the right. first destiny not even destiny 2 was probably the first one um because i'd pull it up on vita and it had some pretty good controls and adaptions there um but i just got i don't know i got to the point where i wasn't using it a lot because my tv was easily accessible to just play on the consoles right. but you
1: really liked it right i did like i bought it i bought the vita after i already had a ps4 but it actually does remote play and cross play uh with ps3 and ps4 because it came out uh, kind of during that transition period the ps3 remote play is garbage i have not ever been able to get it to work don't need it i've tried and tried and tried now i can get it to connect for backups i can transfer data and do saves and stuff that's fine because i can do it physically but in terms of remote play i couldn't do it and you couldn't either No, I never got the PS3 working for remote play. I only ever had it work on the PS4. PS4 was a dream. You click a couple of things and all of a sudden you have your PS4 uh, screen being mirrored on your Vita. It was great. I mean, you obviously have like uh, text problems because you're not going to be able to have a, a huge, you know, HDTV uh, screen on your, your Vita. But for the most part, I never had any issues. And because it was basically streaming over wireless, it didn't have to be the same wireless network that you could actually do this from anywhere um as you would connect to your specific playstation as opposed to just connecting to something over the uh the local wireless network so if you were in a hotel room across the country and you wanted to connect to your playstation 4 you could do that and play kingdom hearts uh whatever it was birth by sleep in a hotel room when uh, your wife isn't playing and watching something you can do that Not that I'm speaking from experience, (laughs) Uh, but for real, I did like hooked up in a hotel room uh, to their Wi-Fi, played uh, Birth by Sleep on my PS4 while I was gone on a conference trip. It it. was awesome. It's impressive. Well, and not only did it
0: have remote play like we're talking about, but it also had cross play for a lot of games where you could buy it on vita and you could also own it on ps3 or ps4 at the same time um sometimes it would give you all the games sometimes you bought them individually but a lot of it was like you could save a game and upload it to playstation's like cloud save network and then you could play it on your other consoles and just go back and forth
1: yep it was like whisper sync for uh, audible and kindle books where you, whatever wherever you left off on the vita you could go and pick up and in that spot on the PlayStation 4 as opposed to having to uh to you know manually transition the saves or anything it was or have two different saves it's it was it was great like there was a lot of things that were wonderful like that
0: yeah and then the other two hardware things I wanted to call out that aren't major but this it had a camera i don't know why it had a camera it didn't really ever need a camera Um, and then it it was also a super lightweight console and that was one of the things I loved about it Um, I was playing a lot of 3DS at the same time that I was playing this and I was also playing a lot of mobile games and I'm pretty sure that the Vita was the lightest out of all of those like it's lighter than a typical phone is these days
1: Mm -hmm. it is it's very and the thing is okay so it's very light but it's very sturdy it feels a lot more solid than like the 2DS XLs have you ever messed with those have you seen those nope I agree they they feel they feel super flimsy. Yeah, and these feel solid, but not in a
0: heavy way. It just feels like it's Mm-mm. constructed well out of really like high-quality, lightweight materials, and that was
1: something I loved about it. Take your iPhone or your Samsung uh, Galaxy out of its case and that kind of manufacturing just how solid that feels that's what you feel when you pick up a Vita like just that like oh this is made well I'm gonna enjoy this that kind of thing when you just feel a piece of technology if that makes sense it does to some of y'all nerds I know it (laughs) yeah so it was
0: a cool little piece of hardware um but it did have a handful of games that were either exclusive to it or that were like it best played on it or primarily known to be associated with it. So we want to talk through a couple of those. And I have to kick us off with Persona 4 Golden because you. that is the game that got me into the Persona series and it's now one of my favorite series ever. Um it's like one of the best JRPG series. And I'm speaking from really just liking four golden and five and I'm excited for six. Like I haven't even gone mm-hmm. back to like the earlier ones in this series. Um but this was so many people's gateway into Persona was Persona yeah. 4 Golden on the Vita and if you ask almost anybody out there they will say that the definitive version of Persona 4 is this one Persona 4 Golden
1: it's and for those of you who have currently or recently played persona 5 royal that's what this did for persona 4 it did it added in extra stuff it made quality of life improvements and it was only on the vita even though persona 4 was was it ps2 or was it ps3 it was ps3 wasn't it i think it was ps3 that sounds about right probably and uh but it made lots of improvements where if you're going to play it, I've never heard anyone say play the console version. I've heard everyone say go find a Vita and play this one. Yeah, it's so good. Well, and then the other
0: JRPG thing that jumps to mind when I think about the Vita is Final Fantasy. Because when I did, and it's crazy that this was like a decade ago at this point that I did my playthrough of the entire series in order. But I played <sighs> seven, eight, nine, and 10 on the Vita when I was doing that playthrough. And it has stuck in my mind is probably one of the best ways I've ever played those games um, because of that. If I do another playthrough, which I've been thinking about, I'll probably pick up as many of them as I can on the Switch because it's kind of the modern day equivalent of the Vita. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, the entire series is technically on the PlayStation Vita, which I don't think Final Fantasy is actually completely start to finish on any other one. Um, actually, well, it's
1: it's up through 10. It's up through, up through 10. 10 and Sorry. 10 too. Yeah, uh, it doesn't. 12 is still only limited to ps2 and uh all the current systems but up through 10 too, you can play all of them on vita in one way or another uh, whether it's like the ps1 classics like uh, final fantasy anthology and origins and final fantasy chronicles uh or psp ports like the absolutely fantastic ps4 or uh final fantasy 4 uh complete there's you know vita ports that were final fantasy 10 that that got you right the final fantasy 10 yeah. uh, hd remaster yes the I one that it on you there. played and it's just it's it's crazy that all of those are on this handheld that if you you don't have to play those on mobile or something if you don't want to if you have access to a vita
0: yeah it was it was really cool so i loved playing those games on there um besides that i mean some of the like games that were exclusive for vita Uh, gravity rush always comes to mind did you play that one
1: it seems so familiar i actually meant to look that up earlier and uh, see i'm gonna do that right now you google while Uh, i talk about it then so gravity rush is it's a really weird but
0: interesting game and it's not like a good game it's not like super high quality that you're like oh i'm gonna go sit down with this for like six or eight hours and just play this um it's a game where you can reset gravity for your character so It's kind of like flying, but not really. It's like flying by falling. And at any moment, as long as you have enough, there's some kind of meter and it charges. I don't remember because it's been a while, but you're limited in some capacity. Basically, you can just like stop in midair and you can reset your gravity to be any direction so that down is no longer down. Down is now up or you can make down be like right so you could be falling across a street like it's things like that right where you could make the side of a building your down for the character's gravity and it was a really really cool idea it's just not executed to
1: the point where i ever thought it was an amazing game but i really like the premise of it it sounds and looks really really cool i did not ever play this one but it is one that I probably will pick up when it's on sale uh, like they do on the PlayStation. Right now, it's showing that it's $13 on uh, the PlayStation Network at, You know, as we're recording this. So it's absolutely affordable. Yeah.
0: And another one that jumped out to me was Uncharted Golden Abyss because this was mm. one of the first ones they really pitched as like a console quality game on a handheld, which was really novel before the Switch. And I think that PlayStation and Sony expected a lot more developers to come out and be like, "Oh, we can make console quality games on a handheld, we're going to do it." Whereas what oh, we've of course. found in hindsight is that if you can make them console quality and have them be on a docked system and on handheld people will do it other developers will like the switch but when it was just a handheld it was really only first party stuff and uncharted golden abyss was that so it was the uncharted game that was for the vita and it was pretty good for what it was um it wasn't quite as good as just a straight up console game was but it definitely had the graphics going for it and a lot of the same things that you would expect
1: from all the other uncharted games and i never played this one because i don't like the uncharted games they're just not my i've tried over and over again to get into them and i can't so i actually got this one with my vita it was one of the one of the ones that uh, that i got with it and just sold it i never even put it in the console yep i did i did the same thing with the ps4 one too i got what is it uncharted 3 or 4 that was uncharted 4 i think uh came with bundled with my ps4 and i just sold it immediately like i don't have i was like i have no desire to play it and it's not as though they're bad games i dislike them it's just i have a very small amount of fun with them before i grow completely tired of it be like yep i've seen this and uh just decided it's like i'm just gonna save myself that like two hours and just put it on ebay (laughs) yeah and i've never beaten an
0: uncharted game i was just impressed by how close they got to console right it's not all the way there but it was pretty close especially for the time when that game came out and the other like playstation um first party game that i always think of with the vita is tearaway did you play tearaway no okay so tearaway is the game that is gimmicky it's just it's super, super gimmicky because it's trying to use every feature of the system, right? So Mm. there are parts that like use the internal gyroscope. There are things that use the front touchscreen. There are things that use the back touchscreen. There are things that use the camera. There are things that use all of those at the same time. Like there are things that use, I think there's a microphone maybe built in. If there is, this game uses it because that's the kind of game that it is. So it's one of those first party games where they gave them the direction, go use literally everything in this to show it off, and that mm. is Tearaway, and it's it's like a cartoony, it's kind of family-friendly, it's not hard-hitting at all, it's very approachable, but it's just gimmicky all the way through.
1: There is a, both Gravity Rush and Tearaway have HD remasters on the PS4, uh, if anyone's anyone want, wants to if anyone wants to try those and Tearaway Unfolded has a free demo. So if y'all would like to see how that is, if you don't have a demo or don't have a Vita, that's a way to check that out, too. Cool. Well, and then I'm just the- looking these up on the PlayStation Network, as you say, if I don't know them. Yeah. Uh, so I can comment on them uh, as we go through. But Gravity Rush Remastered looks really pretty. Well, the other couple games on here that we wanted to call out were mostly yours and it was mostly RPGs, right? Yeah, this is a little RPG machine that could. That was what sold me on it. Was when you and I talked about earlier about the PS or Persona Four. I I always want to say PS Four because of Persona Four. but when we had talked about Persona 4, and then a long time ago, way back early on in the uh, podcast, we were talking about Cosmic Star Heroin. And I pre-ordered it on, while we were recording, and it turns out like the Vita version of it that I was looking forward to got really, really delayed. So I waited to play it because I got it on Steam and I got it on PS4 first, but I didn't want to play it on a big console. I wanted to play it handheld. It looked like a handheld game to me. And so I waited and played it first on Vita because I'd waited so long on it, and it was my first platinum on PSN uh, that I did it on Vita, and it is my only platinum uh, trophy on PSN is Cosmic Star Heroin. Um it's I just love that game, and on Vita, it really just feels right. Um, it was like a forty nine on Switch this week, uh, Cosmic Star Heroin was, so I grabbed it just to support the developers, but if I do a playthrough again, it's going to be on the Switch because, like you said, it's the better Vita now. Um, it's got Tales of Hearts R. Uh, I, you know I love the Tales games? Yeah. Uh, this was a Vita exclusive that uh, was kind of just this quirky fairy tale stylized Tales game. I mean, they're all stylized and they're all quirky, but this one was very Japanese. It was a remaster of maybe a ps2 game uh that never got localized but uh, this one got localized without the voices this one still had japanese dialogue uh but it was an absolutely fantastic game uh that was vita only and then trails in the sky like everybody's talking about trails of cold steel 4 that's coming out soon and uh the very first one well not the very first one in the series but like legend of heroes trails in the sky is technically a psp game but the first two of them are available on on PSP and Vita uh because Vita can play any of the PSP games that are available digitally uh that they had redone for like what was the PSP Go I think yeah something like that it. uh any of them that you could play on that you can play on Vita and the Trails games are some of those and they are just insanely good and that's one of the the main things I've played on there is Trails in the Sky um like The PS1 classics, it has all the old RPGs from the PS1, uh, Legend of Dragoon, Xenogears, all of those, the Final Fantasies, Final Fantasy Tactics, all of that stuff was on there. Uh, but they all play slow, like old PlayStation games do, because they're just ports and not like remasters or anything, so you don't get the fast like speed ups and uh, different things like that you do in the current remasters. So uh, it's hard to recommend going back to those unless there's no other option for them like Xenogears. And then just on the console itself, there are a lot of RPGs. Did you play a lot of just these specific PSP and PS Vita RPGs on there? Or was it mostly uh, just the stuff that you had mentioned?
0: No, it was what I mentioned. And then, well, run through your list here because like I, I recognize all of these. I just didn't play them on the Vita.
1: Like Lunar uh, Silver Star Harmony uh, came out, like, which is a remake. Well, I think it's a remake. It might be a retelling. I don't know of Silver Star Story, uh, which is one of the best PS1 games. Silver Star Story Complete is one of the best JRPGs I've ever played. Um, the, like the Disgaea series is on there. And yeah. I'm thinking like multiple entries are like two, three and four, maybe one, two, three and four are on the Vita Uh there are demos of them on there that you can play which are super fun wild arms xf is a strategy game in the series that was psp exclusive and it's really neat um the east memories of Celsetta, calceta Celqueta, however that one is <laughs> uh, is a is a vita exclusive uh, as far as i know that is uh one of the first ones to use the new combat system that e seven did um seven is on there um it uh it, like they really went out of their way to put a bunch of just different rpgs on here when they were porting kind of like they did with the 3ds and the ds back in the day this is on ps3 so and so and ds and things like that it's uh it was the vita for rpgs it was like yeah let's put all of these on there like they're great like yeah. you can pick up so many things like that well, that's on top of the final fantasy ones that we already mentioned one through 10 you can play
0: all of them on here and then the other thing that like i played a lot of were there were lots of ports of indie games for the vita Mm -hmm. so um A bunch and I won't go into depth because all of these are on multiple platforms, but like Ollie Ollie, uh, Rogue Legacy, Spelunky, Shovel Knight, Minecraft, Axiom Verge. Like there was just a ton of games um, that I remember playing and I have really good memories of playing those on the Vita, even
1: though they were on tons of systems. Yep, it was just one of those that when I saw it on Vita, like Axiom Verge or Forma Eight or something like that, I'll be like, yeah, I'm going to grab that too and uh, play it just because it's it's a good system to play. Uh, back, one of the things that made me discontinue my PS Plus membership was when they removed Vita games from the free games every month. That oh, for a long time yeah. they had PS3 and Vita games on the included in that, and they stopped doing it, and it became not nearly as worth it to me to drop the uh, membership to play online uh, because I wasn't doing a lot at the time and I didn't have any Vita games coming in every month like there were still good games especially indie games like burly men at sea and a few others that i've been wanting to play that i could get on vita and didn't have a chance to anymore that i didn't want to necessarily pay for but would have you know kind of like game pass as long as it's included in that fee it's an it's a value add and i'll continue to do it because i want to support those developers but when they took those out i was like man Only the PS4 games, these aren't nearly as as good as what they were doing on PS3 and Vita.
0: Yeah, I think Vita is just to kind of like wrap it up here with the thought is for me, it's probably the hardware that I like the most despite not having enough good software for it. And yeah, I think that's where I land with it because I absolutely loved the hardware of that system. I just wish there were more games that I had played on it and that there
1: was more to enjoy on it. Yeah, and it's still the system to this day that every time PlayStation Network runs a sale, I sort it by PS3 and Vita and crossplay so that I can see what's on there, uh, so that I can grab some of the games that I didn't get to before. Gravity Rush is going to be one of those now that I'm looking for uh, whenever they go on sale because it's still a console I like to play, but it just never got the love that it uh, that I feel like it should have. So if y'all can find a cheap one, you know, I got mine for seventy five bucks. On Craigslist. Uh if y'all can find with two games on it. Um uh, if y'all can find something like that, I highly recommend picking it up. And also the PlayStation TV can play Vita games if you download them too.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: So yeah. So if y'all have one of those, you can play the digital PSP and PS Vita games that way on your TV. <laughs> cool um okay that's probably it for main
0: topic but these are fun to do these console lookbacks um if you guys want you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash geek to geek or hey if you want to support just go give us a rating or review because we don't ask for that very often and it makes a huge difference um don't forget we're part of a network, too. We have podcasts. We have streamers. We have the Geekery blog, where there's a lot of content on the Geekery blog these days, which is awesome. All of that at geek2geekmedia.com or geek slash subscribe and get it all sent right to you. Um, so that kind of brings us to
1: Weekly Geekery. I know what you've been doing, and I need to hear about it. Okay, so I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yes, you have. I'm almost done with it. I'm in Chapter 16 of 18 right now. Wow, I didn't and- know you were that far. Uh, Yes, I've played a lot of this game. I'm like 32 hours into it right now. It is really good. Like, the demo of the game is good. And, you know, we talked about it. I was like, yeah, I'll get this sometime. I'm not, you know, uh, like, I'm not 100% sold that this is a day one purchase, but it's good. It's way better than I thought it would be. And the demo is by far the second worst part of that game. (laughs) By far. the second worst uh the worst is the train graveyard because that is a garbage area with garbage enemies that i wish they would have just taken out but i uh, i hated it but the rest of the game is a masterpiece it's like i was wrong about this game so long ago that i'm very uh very glad that i picked this up uh, because i wanted something to play that wasn't animal crossing and I wanted something that actually had a story in it. That was what I was looking for was kind of an action RPG with an engaging story. And I knew this was going to be the one that it was because it was going to be Trials of Mana, which I bought, uh, went through the demo and I ended up buying because uh, it's a really fun game. But the story is not there. Like the story is just set piece to get the get through with playing the fun combat. Um, the, the remake is just astonishing, though. Um, and I don't really like Final Fantasy VII. Like, it is definitely... Well, I, I don't like Final Fantasy VII as much as anyone else. Most of the other people do. Uh, it is an artifact of the time for me. I got it on release day. i had been looking forward to it. And I'm like... It's mid tier to me. It is a good Final Fantasy game, but it is not the, you know, shining example of what Final Fantasy can be. Uh, So I was kind of not knowing what to expect about Seven Remake, and it's glorious like this game has made both me and my wife care uh, about things like she would walk into the room and this is a mild spoiler but i don't think it's anything bad because it's like within the first hour of the the normal game she was she just walked in it's like did did they ever find wedge and uh i was just like And uh, but because she would be, and she would ask me like, "Who's this and who's that?" Like as she's been uh, sitting playing Animal Crossing or doing something else, uh, she's been paying attention to this, and uh, like she looked at it first, like, "Is that Cloud?" And I'm like. Yes, it is. How do you know that that's Cloud? (laughs) And uh, it was because she's not a Final Fantasy player. That's why. Like, she does not do RPGs. And uh, she knew him from Kingdom Hearts. And uh, I was like, okay, gotcha. I was like, but she was like, why would I not know? And I'm like, because you don't play these games. These are not your kinds of games. Uh, But she's really enjoyed it. Um, I love that Cloud is a jerk. He is not friendly, and all of his friends call him out on it all the time. They're like, dude, he says something. They're like, Dude, be nicer. Be nicer to people. And I just love it that everyone does it to him. Um, did you? What did you think about Johnny when you played through it? Um, he was okay. He was fine. Oh, Johnny's my best boy. I love him. I love Johnny so much. I don't know why. Like I, I latched onto him. Like they made the this world, like you said before, a fully realized uh city, and it really does feel like that. Um. Uh, So I decided that I liked this enough that I knew I was going to get to the end of it. And even though I know how it ends and kind of where it ends, I knew that I wanted to play the original and go through the rest of that story. So... I started playing Final Fantasy Seven on the Switch. I'd bought a cart uh, from PlayAsia a while back that has 7 and 8 remaster on them on the same cartridge. And it was, a, I think, an Asian release. And so I grabbed it and uh, put it in. And so I started f- the regular Final Fantasy seven And it makes me feel so weird to play the old one and the new one concurrently because the old one is so bad in comparison and I say bad in not the uh not not in a gameplay way or not that I'm not enjoying it it's just that I wonder now how that story made sense with what they tell you in the original like it took me like an hour maybe to get where I was in 30 hours in the remake. Yeah. And like the extra level of detail in there makes all of this make sense. It adds emotional drama to it. It makes you feel for all of these characters. And playing the original is like with the, the very minimal dialogue and things like that that are going on. I never felt any kind of connection to all of the uh all of the stuff that was going on in midgar with the collapse and uh, how shinra was uh, controlling things it was it's definitely interesting to see how even in uh, text-based rpgs like that uh well but i don't even know what to say dialogue based rpgs that don't use voice acting how they've changed and become better at storytelling over the over the years for sure no i'd like that game a lot too maybe what we do is a, a spoiler cast since
0: we've all we've given our impressions of the overall game without being spoilery we could probably just do like you know a main topic that wouldn't be super long on just the spoilers so maybe we'll do that yeah.
1: next week or the week after i'm i'm excited about this one because of how i know i know how it ends and I'm looking forward to it, and honestly, I'm glad that I know how it ends, because you and I went into this with two completely different mindsets. You went in, and you wanted to experience this straight up, and you didn't know any spoilers, right? You right. didn't know anything about how it went. No. I didn't care enough to not be spoiled, so I wanted to know why everyone was reacting the way that they were to the game initially, uh, you know, good and bad, and so I just found out the spoilers. We had talked about it maybe on air a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember if it was just us or if it was on air, but I am glad that I knew the spoilers for the end of the game, because for me, it's made the rest of the game a lot more cohesive uh, that you only get during a replay. And so I'm getting to experience it, knowing the reasons behind things, but not necessarily knowing what comes up because it's been 22 years, 23 years since I played it.
0: Yeah, there's one spoiler that I told you after you told me that I could tell you, and I wish I knew it before I started the game. There's one key thing that I, I wish I had known before I started, um... But yeah, that's us talking around spoilers, so we'll do it that so, as a separate topic in yeah. an episode.
1: But other than that, that's what I've been doing. <laughs> that's where That's great. I, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I've been, I mean, obviously I've done things other than that, but Animal Crossing is still fun, but uh, right now, honestly, I get up in the morning and instead of uh, checking on my flowers, I get on because I want to see what's going on with uh, Avalanche. Cool. That's good
0: um, mm. I've been playing more Hitman 2 which I talked good. about a little bit the other week but I I beat everything in the finish line for the Miami mission well everything that right. I care about and because this game has been out for a while now um, Miami is like a location. And then within it, there's like the finish line, which is the main mission from the original story, like the main game, right? They have a whole secondary mission that's like totally separate or something. I don't know. I haven't played it yet, Um, but it's like a different target and like different things happen, but it's using the same location again. So I didn't do any of that because I was like, I'm going to focus on one thing and i also didn't do any of the escalation missions or any of the like um one-off thing like there's so much content in this game it's ridiculous so what i did was i drilled down into one mission on a level that i was enjoying and i did like all of the individual achievements challenges whatever they're called within the game and Mm -hmm. it's really interesting how they're broken down into different like subcategories so i want to talk about that really quick anyway okay there's like There's this set that's guided right and if you have this guided set, it's a, literally has like giant waypoint indicators, it has target indicators, it has tons of stuff on like, the HUD that just make it easy, right to know what to do and where to go. And the whole time it has your handler in your earpiece, like your hidden earpiece telling you what to do every step along the way. So like, okay. these are where you're starting, right? When you want to just learn a level and learn some of the basics and kind of get your head around what's going on and what your options are and what your opportunities even are to start messing with things. You do do these guided missions and you only really need to do one for each target in the level but they give you like three or four for each target so i think there's six or seven of these in uh the finish line and there's two targets in that level so there's like three or four per each target so that's usually where you start and then there's this whole other set of challenges it's called like discovery where you have to discover everything in the level and you do that basically by like finding every area of the map or every point of interest on the map and then mm. the next step after that, so like every every map might have like 50 like named areas that have like a waypoint. Like, hey, you haven't actually been here yet. You should go check it out, which is right, interesting. okay. And after that, then there are feats. And feats are things that teach you about interacting with the level, but don't necessarily like kill someone or assassinate them or do anything major. But if you do these feats, you will learn the level really well, right? So an example here would be like, breaking a fish tank that was something in the level that i just played where if you hit a fish tank with certain weapons or if you shoot it or whatever water will start spilling out and then the fish tank will break and then so one of the feats is like break a fish tank onto somebody so you Hmm. do that and you see that it'll like knock that person over you're like oh okay i can use that later if you want to and then it'll have assassinations and if you're doing the feats too the feats and assassinations you'll start to see like oh well now that i know where this location is and i know how to do this feat around the fish tanks then you get a mission that's like knock somebody out with a fish and you're like wait <laughs> what and it'll be like you have to destroy a fish tank and then a fish flops out and then it becomes an item that you can pick up and then you can knock somebody out with the fish
1: and then okay so killing them with a fish, knocking them out. Is it actually hitting them with the fish? Or is it like shoving it down their throat making them pass out? No, it's like hitting them with
0: a fish. It's, it's amazing. Um, and then, so the assassination mission might be like, knock someone out with a fish and then dump them in a fish tank to get rid of the evidence. and, (laughs) if you've explored so right they, they build on each other like the guided ones will give you the basics and then discovery what you'll learn about oh there's an aquarium hidden in this building and then the feat will teach you that you can break a fish tank and kind of how the fish tanks work and then the assassination is like okay now put it all together knock somebody out with a fish dump them in a fish tank to get rid of the evidence and that's what i really like i like that kind of structure of learning the level um And then there's a whole other set too that I'll just mention, even though I don't do them because I don't find them super compelling, but they're called like classic challenges and it's like silent assassin, assassin. So like don't get spotted ever and destroy all the evidence. Um, that one's actually the one that i do because it's interesting and it's fun but then there's ones like be a silent assassin while only using your suit and never using a disguise or be a silent assassin while only wearing a suit and using a sniper rifle to take out every enemy stuff like Mm. that you know um it's stuff that's like closer to the original hitman games which is why it's called classic and i just don't like those games as much but all of the other challenges in the level i absolutely love so i like that loop a lot and so at this point i'm trying to figure out what my next level is Do I go back and do like the legacy pack, which is all of the levels from Hitman 1, but brought forward to the Hitman 2 engine and improved? Or do I go forward and I do the expansion pass because there's two levels there that I still haven't even touched. I don't even know what they are.
1: I would totally do that first, like at least play through those to see if you like them enough to be able to maybe make that be your next one. Because if you haven't touched any of the content, you don't know if you're going to, you know really really adore it or something right but there's
0: things that i love from him and (laughs) one that i haven't touched any of the legacy packs, so i haven't touched those levels in this engine with the improvements they've made oh yeah
1: true so and there are new uh feats and uh achievements and things like that added in uh they're based around the new engine as well right yes exactly okay so it, I'm not sure, but I'm going to do one of those because I'm still enjoying this game a lot.
0: Um, so that was a bunch of my last week or two. The other thing that I did, which I mentioned on the solo episode I did last week, was I've been reading Comixology Unlimited, which, do you know what that is, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. So it's it's kind of a weird mix of content because they obviously they're not marvel they're not dc and they don't own image so like they don't have Mm -mm. any of the major label imprints um so there's a lot of like volume one of comics but then you still have to pay if you want later ones so even though you have this subscription it's not getting you as much as you would from like a marvel unlimited or whatever dc's one is that i can never remember um is it DC Universe? Something like that. and But you can tell they're trying to build up their own unique exclusive comics, too. They just haven't had enough time to get a big backlog yet. Right. So I'm actually done with Comixology Unlimited. There's like a 30-day or a 60-day free trial that I signed up for, and I used probably 20 days of it. And I'm kind of like, eh, okay, I got my fill. So I went in and canceled mm. it. Um, but the one thing that I took away from it that I absolutely loved and I'm hooked on now is Giant Days. And Giant Days is just such a really good comic series. It's this slice of life of uh, college age girls in the UK. And I don't know why it's as compelling as it is, but it is. It's really good. So I was reading through the full run on Comixology Unlimited, and then I realized they didn't have the full run. They only went through volume eight. And so now I would need to do volume. 9, 10, 11, 12, and I think 13 is the very last one, but 13 oh, not wow. out yet. But the whole run is like in the process of wrapping up. It either finished within the last month or it's finishing within the next month. So I might just drag my feet until it's all done and then buy them all and then
1: just binge the rest. Yeah, that would be that would actually be what I do if I knew it was coming to a close. That uh, if it wasn't, if it was just yet another volume of it i'd probably grab the ones that are out now read it and then when the other one dropped grab it too uh just kind of like normal reading habits but uh, if it's waiting if it's the last one for sure like then you have to wait extra and it's like but i know the ending is coming and so it's just a weird mental thing for me uh when it when that kind of thing happens so i would totally wait yeah i think that's what i'm gonna do because it's so close and it was really fun to
0: binge read those right i read almost all of it in Uh, two sittings like there was Mm. i did half of it like two weekends ago and then half of it on the weekend that we just got done with and that was great so i would love to just like sit down and just do one or two more reading sessions and get done with the whole series run
1: and i'm kind of doing that with saga like i it took a hiatus, and I'm not sure if it's back yet, actually. But uh, I didn't, I bought like the last volume of it, but I couldn't bring myself to read it before the hiatus because I don't want to wait that long. So it's a weird mental thing for me where I know that there is a saga there waiting on me whenever I want to, but I'm waiting on it to come back so that whenever it does come back, I'm going to have multiple volumes to read at once again. And uh, because it, it's just a weird thing, but yeah. Makes sense. But Saga is one of the uh, volume ones that you can get on Comixology Unlimited because that was actually how I started it. I did a trial a long time ago and did that. Cool. Yeah, I'm probably overdue to go back and
0: do another like free trial of Marvel Unlimited. Usually if you've been Mm. away for long enough, you can get like 30
1: days for free. So maybe I'll do that soon since I kind of read through everything I wanted to on Comixology. And there should be a sale on it coming up anyway uh, with whenever they release Black Widow because they always do a a promotion based around whatever um, comic movie is coming out. And it was supposed to have been Black Widow this month, but uh, there's the apocalypse going on. So they uh, moved it back uh, until uh, we get a better better handle on it. And I think it's going to be in the fall, though, uh, either summer or fall when they probably do the promotion for it. Cool. Yeah, that makes at sense. At least if they follow if they follow the same course that they have on the others. I'll probably wait for that then.
0: Uh but yeah, that's that's kind of what I've been up to. So that's probably it for this week. Uh, you guys can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek to geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek to geekcast.
1: We also have great discussions on Slack, Discord, and Reddit. You can go to geek to geekmedia.com for invite links, and while you're there, make sure to check out all the other content we have on the network.
0: I blog at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm also on the Disney Forever podcast, where we watch and react to a different Disney movie
1: every week. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beej, That's Beige with two E's. And you can listen to me talk about Dragon Quest RPGs on the Dragon Quest FM podcast. We've been Void Beach with your geek to geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bye, you guys and gals. Bye, y'all.